for joining Add it us. Again. Okay, Add guys. it again. Are you guys ready for this? We're ready. Okay. On March 12, 2020, the kind and gentle beaver named Drifter was humanely euthanized. He had lived at Science North in Sudbury for 15 years and was 20 years old when he passed. He was brought to Science North long ago when he was found with a damaged tail, an act that would save his life. He was an icon and beloved creature to all who met him and especially to his caretakers. I met Drifter a few times, but the latest time last year was the most important for me. I was able to give him a pet and sit with him while he ate his lunch, and this changed my perception of beavers forever. As beavers are a keystone species in Canada, Drifter was a keystone in the hearts of everyone he met. He will be cremated and his ashes are to be spread in the garden and grounds outside Science North where he enjoyed foraging and walking. May we take a brief moment of silence now to remember and honor his life to the sounds of a flowing river. Rest easy, my beaver friend, and know wherever your soul is now, it is loved. And on that somber note, welcome to Terry Foxy Ladies! I'm sorry about your beaver friend. 20 seconds of river is coincidentally the amount of time you're supposed to wash your hands to uh, (laughs) kill the coronavirus. Guys, is anyone else not wearing pants right now? I'm wearing pants. Oh, I've just been like I just check. I like look down. (laughs) Nope. I don't know. I've been like like sauntering around the house like with no pants for like days on end now. But I'm always like business on the top. The totally disabled lifestyle of Jenna. <laughs> Are you still disabled or like has it passed? <laughs> it's passed. I actually think today I've reached a new peak. Like my my best self is yet to come. I feel so good. And that's why I couldn't Hell take yeah. the eulogy seriously. I know. I'm really I feel like you were totally it. disabled and then everyone else also got corona disabled. Yeah, I feel like, like you, I've had you, a corona five times and so why are you have. feeling so good like what's the um maybe i don't know she finally been... just doesn't have corona and there's like turmeric everywhere because i've been really like eating a lot of that in my <laughs> drinking a lot of it in my tea um i don't know the sun was shining i went for a bike ride it felt good and i just i i have hope and that is what's changed everyone sometimes that's all it <laughs> oh takes folks <clears throat> brayden yes brayden brayden how are you I'm tell okay. us I am feeling the opposite of that, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the isolation is getting to me. Um, sorry, <laughs> that's like I got I got laid off from my job, like many other people did, um, which is fine. But it means that I don't have any structure, and that's throwing me off. Um, my mom works in healthcare, and I don't know. I'm just kind of nervous and bored. So yeah, nervous and bored. <laughs> yeah. That's a dangerous combination. Person, the the structure will come after four months. I've had a little bit of a turnaround in the past couple of days because I'm still in school right now, and um, I forced myself to kind of catch up on that, and I feel a little better. So that's nice. That's good. <laughs> Anyway, Ainsley, you fled from the north. <laughs> I did. I fled from the north. Probably wasn't wise to come back down to the south where it's even worse, but I don't know. 
gotta get away just, from all those crazies yeah everyone in Sudbury does not take this seriously and they're just like patting me on the back being like did you hear about corona and I'm like do not touch me (laughs) but yeah so I went into isolation left my job and then came back down here to stay with my man who works as an essential (laughs) service at a grocery store so I don't know how wise that decision was but I really just didn't want to be alone anymore yeah that's so. legit not in a time like this no i was getting super stressed about it so i was like no you know what Mm-mm. um trudeau just announced this morning that they're changing the 10 percent wage subsidy that they're giving small businesses toward um staff wages they're changing the 10 percent to 75 percent and mm-hmm. um they he encouraged businesses who have laid employees off to rehire them due to the um increase of wage subsidy so does that mean anything to you uh it would mean something to me if my boss watched the news but <laughs> i doubt he does uh yeah my, my my work is a little removed from it like on their end um which was a little frustrating me for me and part of the reason i actually got laid off it was sort of a mutual decision because they couldn't really ensure my safety there because it, it is an essential service but my job certainly isn't essential. Um, so we kind of mutually came to that decision since I live with my grandma. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll, I'll look into that. Well, apparently everything um, that Ford considers essential is literally everything. So like, I yeah. don't know. Well, my job's HVAC, so like, I kind of assumed it would be on the essential list. Yeah. But I don't know. I think by essential, they didn't mean like essential to survive, but like essential to keep things going. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah, saw like with the sure. alcohol and the weed, it's like if those shut down suddenly, I can see an argument being made that that's going to cause civil disturbance. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, an maybe essential is not the right word, but like, I don't know, just in terms of even like. I guess I could even see dog food because, like, people were told not to panic buy, right? They were like, stop fucking panic buying. So if they just, like, shut everything down all of a sudden, I could see that causing some problems potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Well, we got to keep the dry cleaners open. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I don't, I, don't, I don't see the argument for that. But Was there an argument for that? That's a thing? Yeah, that was on the list of the 74 um, oh, essential services. Because I was thinking that it was, like keeping things open so that we can survive and then keeping things open for the essential workers enabled for them to be able to get back and forth from work and keep things sanitary so it's like I saw that bike repair shops were still open and it's like that makes sense to me because if transit is canceled and you're trying to get to your job as an essential person and your bike breaks like that makes sense like I'm thinking maybe dry cleaning to keep things sanitary not so much like going in and being like hi can you do my dress but more so as like a commercial cleaning kind of thing I gotta but, catch up but I feel on like the bikini. people who are using dry cleaning don't need to be sanitized because they're not on the front lines they're people who can afford to like first of all have I'm... the time to take their clothes to the dry cleaner but i think yeah. it does show it. like how many things we don't think of as essential but like really do like again we're all interconnected like everything plays a role it's like the food mm. chain which i never understood but like it, it, it's, it's crazy funny. how you take one little thing out and everything just could like fall apart 
Yeah, it's funny seeing to all these memes appearing all over the internet being like, wow, crazy how like the pillars of the community are now the people who like all of you like yuppies have been treating like shit for your entire lives. <laughs> like crazy how you really need them. Like, <laughs> I read a really good article in the Toronto Star saying all the essential services is like garbage men and like people who work retail and exactly like what you said, Ainsley, people who are like lower on the priority list for some because they don't quote generate all the economic wealth the way the quote job creators do but it's like you see in times of crisis how actually essential these people are and that gets to one of the contradictions of capitalism which is that every single individual is supposed to be able to rise above which is mathematically impossible like there's always going to be a lower class in the system but they're all expected to be able to like be wealthy like it makes no sense the system depends on there being a uh, low-wage workers mm. to be able to provide us with low-cost items to fuel the economy and so on like it just really it's a mess mm-hmm. and then all of their all of these companies too, the essential service co- companies are trying to address the inequalities in wages and stuff like that but really all they're doing is even more so benefiting like the capitalist nature of management and lower workers like at Dylan's work he works for the superstore and all of the and this was announced by Galen Wesson too my man um he announced that he was giving all of the employees like a 15 percent wage increase or whatever but it ended up just being every single um, employee who's not on salary gets two dollars added to their wages so part-time workers and full-time workers both get the same amount of raise which is kind of unfair because it's like who's exposed to the public the most you know like this is a risk-based increase in your wage and then all the managers and everyone in upper management got a 200 dollars bonus weekly it's like fuck you why don't you give those 200 dollars bonuses to the people who actually interact with the public the most and are at the most risk and work the hardest instead of you just like sitting up in an office not talking to anyone on the floor and like pressing three buttons on a computer during the day yeah as naomi klein said we have an economic model soaked in blood which we will get to later jesus christ (laughs) i wanted to talk a little bit about some it stood right out to me it was like boom I wanted to talk about some of the things I learned about coronavirus and stop me if you are aware of any of these things, but I thought it was really interesting. The Atlantic had a really good article about what we know about it so far. It's crazy to think that we don't know very much about it. Like, again, goes back to our conversation in the first episode. Like, we're supposed to know everything. <laughs> like, how do we not know? Um, but so first of all, there's this one researcher who's been studying coronaviruses for 40 years. And she's like, yeah, like no one like gave a shit back then, obviously. And it wasn't seen as important at all. But now everyone is like very interested for obvious reasons. And this just gets to why we need public funding for research, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like there's arguments that we should just kind of follow the money and let the market dictate what we research. But this is a great example of why we need public funding for all types of research, not just what's profitable, because you never know what type of knowledge we're going to need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but so Corona is not a flu. It's a totally different family of viruses. Um, so most of them cause the common cold. But then there's a few that cause more severe symptoms, like this one, obviously, and it's right in that sweet spot of lethality and not. Um, Swine flu and SARS were more lethal, and that's why they didn't spread as much. So I'm sure you guys have heard about that. But so the way the virus is shaped, you've seen those pictures of it, right? Yeah, they're pretty cute. It's like a little spike. 
Yeah, it's like a little cute little spiky ball. And so those spikes uh, stick to a protein that we have in our cells as humans. And the way Corona is shaped is that it sticks more to our cells than like something like SARS, for example. And that's why they think it like transmits so quickly. Mm. You know, like um, it reminds me of like carbon, you know, like carbon, like is like the slut of atoms. It like has those <laughs> fucking, does anyone remember grade 10 high school? What is the little atoms that circle around? It has like the right amount that makes it like attached to everything perfectly. The slut of atoms. I'm not <laughs> over that yet. <laughs> So that, that's that's what's going on here. That's why it like fucking attaches so well. And then also to enter us, to enter our cells, it, like two different halves of the cell have to separate. Um, and then for other things like SARS, that's kind of difficult for the for the virus to do. But for coronavirus, um, it, it gets split by an enzyme that we have in our body. Ew. So again, it's just like a perfect storm of like transmission and like impacting us. That's why it's having this effect. And then while other respiratory viruses either infect the upper or the lower airways, Corona infects both. And that's why they think it could probably spread before symptoms show up. Now that all being said, this is all plausible, but still hypothetical. So this is all just shit they think. They don't know because again, it's, it's too new. Mm-hmm. When will they even have enough research under their belt to come out with any like specific conclusions about this like how long is that going to take i don't know everybody's i guess they're still working on (laughs) testing right that's that was one of the things that they're saying we need to get more tests out because we can't even really adequately model how this is spreading Mm -hmm. so crazy fucking and the the pangolin theory is out you guys remember the pangolin theory yeah it's a bat it's the bat well they think again they're they're like we they're (laughs) it's looking like bat but we we can't say for sure what the fuck is a pangolin? Like oh, bats. pangolins are, are beautiful creatures. They're like little mini armadillos, but they're actually one of the most trafficked um, wild animals in the world because their scales are used in like traditional medicines and like Chinese medicine and stuff because it's thought to have all these health benefits, but it's really the same like component as your fingernail. It's just like dust, useless dust, and people kill them en masse and like trade them all over the world for like magic. And people, they're like a food delicacy as well. What if the dust is what cures it too? <laughs> we need to look into this <laughs> right Has now. Anyone thought of this? <laughs> well, we should imagine that would what be if hope wild. is what cures it. We all just have to hold hands and think. Oh, there's one more thing. Okay, so coronavirus attacks the cells that line our airways, which is they're good at attaching to that again because of that enzyme. So then the dying cells fill our lungs and then that's get carries the virus deeper into the body and then the lungs clog and then that makes breathing more difficult that's why there's shortness of breath as a symptom and then the immune system fights back but sometimes it goes crazy and it causes more problems so for example if the blood vessels open up to let cells like attack the virus then they open up too much and then that causes the lungs to fill with more fluid and that's when you get pneumonia um so again that's why older adults are more susceptible to this younger people are um they're less likely to cause that immune response and that's why younger people are quite resilient to it kids are quite resilient to it whereas older people are as we've seen the most vulnerable because of that that immune system response you know it could probably cure all this shit just fucking swallow a globula wasabi that'll clear your airways right up i don't feel good anymore (laughs) fuck oh jenna because of your fucking jeweling (sighs) did you just jewel jenna no i exhaled I'm having no difficulty breathing. Why are you all upset now? Corona anxiety? I'm anxious. 
Yeah, I feel that. I'm sorry, I just ruined your <laughs> fucking good mood. Yeah, you completely obliterated no, okay. it into a million pieces. I don't know. Um, I personally, well, <laughs> I think my uh, my anxiety is just like the exact opposite of what Jenna feels because that made me feel better when I <laughs> when I like understand <laughs> it. It like eases my anxiety a bit. Yeah, I agree. I have this like weird situation in my house where my nana lives in the basement apartment and my mom obviously has a room upstairs so since she works at the hospital she has to come home and like follow all these steps to kind of disinfect herself I guess or her clothes and stuff Mm -hmm. but it's weird having someone that's going into probably the most dangerous location and then someone that's extremely vulnerable in the same house but luckily there's like quite a few barriers in place between them but I know that's making my mom nervous um but yeah, she has. I, there's all these rules with like hanging your clothes for like seventy two hours and and things like that. But it's interesting. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Imagine being in jail. Yes. No thing. Imagine <laughs> the four of us, <laughs> one Imagine cell. Uh, Wait, is there no double double <laughs> today? Guys, Wait. can we? Yeah, oh gonna, fuck can i talk, totally can we talk about the imagine videos the celebrities yeah movies? that's yeah so let's do funny. it oh my god so no. is the, that the double double ce- no it, it just came into my mind because you guys said imagine but um all these celebrities like pretty some pretty like big name celebrities i think it was spearheaded by gal gadot and they released this video of like juxtaposition juxtaposos of every line i said that wrong of every line of the song imagine by john lennon sung by different celebrities and it was the most tone deaf and embarrassing thing i've seen so far in the quarantine and it really made me happy but for the opposite reasons i think yeah was your fave uh, selena a part of it who oh no she wasn't but like there were some people i actually like like will ferrell was in it and uh, Sarah Silverman. Sarah, she seemed like she was kind of making a joke of it, but I don't, I don't know. It was just very yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, I was, I, w- I it was hard to read her, but yeah, like the whole thing is just. We should release our own and put it on the Instagram, you guys. Yes. Like, like we'll pick like a weird song. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. I saw. Yeah, I think sp- it was Joe Rogan's like commentary on it, and he was one of them. It was him and Tom Segura, and like they were talking about it, and they're like just the looks on their faces. They were so, they were so earnest, and like you're welcome for this beautiful yeah. moment. Yeah. And it's like, what did they think that would accomplish? And but I also I read an article that was like it it did unite everyone, but in their like hate of the video yeah. <laughs> like the safe space and snowflake thing it just yeah. got everyone together we're like you know what we are all in this together <laughs> we all hate shit like this yeah yeah my, uh, my mom sent out an email blast to like the one whole side of my family yesterday and it was like called the daring challenge she she made that up um <laughs> and uh she was daring everyone to make like a silly video like recreating a scene from a movie or like doing Aww. something weird and she sent this video because she found a green tablecloth in the closet so she green screened herself on my longboard pretending to longboard down a winding <laughs> road and was like cowabunga guys and <laughs> that's amazing i, love I it loved so it much. But that that shit is so wholesome and nice. Yeah, that will cure (laughs) Corona for sure. It's just I'm like all these celebrity videos of them in their mansions, like telling you to stay inside and like giving you like unsolicited medical advice. 
it's <laughs> really something it doesn't really bug me it's just like funny how stupid they yeah are. it's just eye roll worthy there's that's the problem with a lot of these campaigns it's always the worst people who do the most messaging like whether yeah. it's like getting everyone to vote or staying inside it's like if you're annoying and unlikable you should not be spreading this message because it's just gonna make everyone <laughs> irate and like want to disobey but they don't know because they are annoying um, Joe Rogan was actually also saying that he's like uh, so the spread of social media and how everyone has access has really revealed a lot of celebrities to be just like fucking dorks and yeah. idiots kind <laughs> yeah. of. So it's kind of, he's like it's kind of yeah. nice in that way <laughs> like oh that yeah the mystique thought. of like the celebrity is totally evaporated yeah. like yeah. there is no like there's never going to be another like Marilyn Monroe or like what what's the other one called Tiffany Audrey oh, Hepburn Tiffany <laughs> 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 but like there's never gonna be someone like that again because they all just like fucking post their stupid bullshit all day take stupid pictures yeah, and like, like tell you their dumb opinions and, and you're shit. like oh you're just like a retard like there is no mystique or like admiration or anything left Mm-hmm. There was that one woman, Evangeline Lilly or whatever, she posted something fairly recently about um, dropping her kids off at gymnastics, hashtag business as usual, basically like making fun of social isolating or whatever. She got like slaughtered for it in the Good. in the news and she had to apologize but it, it was so long after everyone else realized that you can't do that like just in terms of yeah. her, her like p- public image i was like what a dumb thing to have done like we've, uh, we've yeah, all her- kind of got on this train even if you don't believe in it yeah the madonna video of her oh my God. Uh, reworking the lyrics of vogue and singing it that is also it's, it was very tone deaf in her uh, bathroom she does also, not look good. Her, yeah, her fucking that was Madonna. Surgery is <laughs> <Yes>. not good. <laughs> I literally thought that was just some fucking weirdo. I did not realize that was Madonna. Yeah, I that's just saw her like a, a, a <laughs> screenshot of it. Je- Jenna, Jenna said something about prisons, and then yes. I was trying to imagine us all in a prison cell. So prisoners are in a very interesting situation during this time. Because public health officials were like, hey, don't have gatherings of 150 people or more. And this one guy was like, that's what a jail is. So they're trying to deal with how to how to help the prisoners, um, but still keep the public safe. But there's been talks of releasing some prisoners. Um, I don't know. Have you guys read a little bit about this? I, yeah. I it read seems very weird to me. About it. I'm like, I'm fine with it. Let them be free. Because the ones that they are um, letting out, they've done very... Um, yeah, it's like non-violent like inmates. Crimes, yeah. And I think uh, Alberta released some that are strictly on house arrest. But I don't know. Like the temporary absences, they're only for... I also read that they're um, for inmates on intermittent sentences, which are typically only served on weekdays so they spend weekends in the community anyway that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah. because they're actually the ones that are going to be coming in and out of the prison and therefore spreading the virus mm-hmm. exactly yeah that makes sense so they i am can't... i am okay with it what yeah i couldn't find like that... what the cutoff was but i can't imagine they're going to be releasing any like fucking homicidal rapists or anything it's going to be like yeah, drug no. crimes and petty theft oh my God. <laughs> but it's for also... the good of corona <laughs> I was also thinking too it's like if if the p- 
prisons and jails are like what are they doing to maintain the safety of the prisoners at this point because it could also be argued that if you're letting out inmates they're going to have to use transit they're going to have to be in public and they're going to have to find a house to stay in whether that be a halfway house which is probably full of other people which would be going against the social distancing distancing thing or like a family house that could be a vulnerable person like yeah i i thought the same thing i was kind of like um uh like if they can keep people like they they cut visitors obviously and they just like increase the amount of calls they can make which sucks but i could see that actually there being an argument for them being safer in the prison as long as they keep any newcomers out yeah uh, versus like having them out in the community um uh and they also but the thing uh so one thing i was reading was that uh jails uh they sometimes turn off like water and like soap and paper towel are always like in short supply there mm-hmm. so good hygiene is kind of hard to keep in a jail um and then uh, but they are increasing like their access to health care apparently i don't know what that means i don't know what that looks like but that's yeah. that's a thing and i don't think anyone wants like a corona outbreak in any of the prisons but but i don't know i would think i i, I definitely agree with the intermittent people because to me that seems just like a straight up risk and if you can have them on house arrest and they're guaranteed to have not done a very violent crime then yeah <laughs> you have my yeah, support makes sense. <laughs> yes mine as well let them be free <laughs> release yeah. them um, but release maybe they'll be so excited <laughs> free to hat. run wild free hat <laughs> um craft dinner uh, have you guys stocked up on craft dinner no no. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, Sonia. <laughs> I no, I di- I haven't either. Oh. But it's been one of the biggest panic buys. So if you love craft dinner, then um, you're in you're in luck or not luck because uh, people working at the plant in Montreal where they create all the craft dinner, someone described it. What they're doing right now is serving your country <laughs> because they're churning so out 400 boxes a minute, 24 seven. Holy shit. To keep up with the demand for craft dinner right now, because p- this is one of those products that everyone is panic buying. Yeah, that makes sense because it's not. Uh, is it perishable? I I think it lasts pretty long. It lasts a very long time. Because it's yeah, not but a lot food, of the really. times you you add milk and butter <laughs> for, to make it better. So yeah, but you can just add water and the cheese yeah, and you it don't tastes have pretty to. good. It's not the same. I don't love craft it's not dinner to begin with, but oh, it's so it's good. Put a little garlic People powder in there, a little bit of salt and pep. I didn't know it, this was one of those things that I didn't know it was a Canadian food until recently. Like I didn't know it was Canada specific, kind of like Kinder eggs. I didn't. I, didn't I knew it was because specific. of uh, the Bare Naked Ladies song. He shouts out craft dinner, and it's very Canadian. If I, I hate the Bare Naked Ladies. Doesn't he say something about buying lots of craft dinner? I have yeah, no idea. He wants that to buy part. lots of things. Buy a house for code. Yeah, and craft yeah. dinner. I'm telling you. Shout out to I the bare naked ladies. Yeah, shout out to them. I hope they're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're s- <laughs> they're staying safe. In this I think that's time. the hardest I've laughed. Um. Yeah. Okay. Back to the craft dinner crisis. That article. I could not stop laughing. I thought it was a joke, Sonia. Um. Because yeah, as you said, that person who said that it feels like they're serving the country. That was the manager, and then she was talking about how they have like many, many different plans. To just keep it yep. running 24-7. Um, and she was like, plan D, 
worst case me as the plant manager i I'll will go, go in and there and i'll the fucking line. do it myself like, yeah plan passionate. b is to train a team of replacements who usually work on like what are considered the less essential product lines like philadelphia cream cheese and then they'll take over but if those backups can't make it then the plant will ask the mechanics to run the lines mm-hmm. and then if they can't make it then plan d managers and supervisors step in which won't it won't get to that point they will do everything they can to not work those lines as much as she says that you know 24 7 capitalism just <laughs> well increasing this- worker productivity and like and she was quoted too being like you know in the kd factory you know the the general feeling is a little strange but you know like they all they want to be there they're showing up to work it's like they don't want to be there they have to be there i know i thought like, that was so Jesus like Jesus christ like yeah she's just like they're all loving it i'm like how the fuck would you know like you're the boss obviously the workers are gonna be like yeah Yeah, i love pumping out 400 boxes yeah exactly Mm. like how fucking stupid can you be oh god she's clearly had Um, to um call like tell herself she's serving her country and all that it's just such she's brainwashing herself to justify this no i was just gonna say this is such a cycle because it is starting from everybody mass buying because they're freaking out and like not thinking entirely rationally um so they're buying like copious amounts of kd which in turn has to create more like labor for these people who have to show up at work and it's just like we're we're so distanced from like like we think like kd is like it has it's like the um thing i think it was marx where he talks about like commodity fetishism and how um we like obscure the social relations of the production so it's Mm -hmm. like we aren't we like think that the product like it has intrinsic value but we're completely disassociating it from where it's coming from and in what conditions it's being made which is yeah 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 two very good points there i wanted to pick up on brayden's point there is like this psychological mentality in westerners that like They'll fucking work themselves to death, and then instead of fighting for better conditions, they'll be like, no, I like this. Like, I oh, you worked 50 hours this week? I worked 60. Yeah. Like, it's like this, like, uh, motivation to, su- like, the more you suffer, the better you are or something. Well, totally. Like, That's why people worth. brag about how little sleep they get, which is an insane thing to brag about. Sleep is very important to your health. You wouldn't be like, I eat so fucking unhealthy. Like, you have no idea. People are like, <laughs> <laughs> people are like I only sleep like four hours a night. And like, people they say brag about that? Oh, yeah, all, all yeah, the time, it, just like how, because it's it's indicating that they work hard, right? And exactly. it's like I only need four hours for a good sleep. You need fucking yeah, I'm seven. So busy and no, so you're important. You're probably gonna die younger than me. If like, someone ever said that more. to me, yeah. I'd instantly just be like, "I'm so grateful I do not have your life." Like, why is that a brag? So weird. Because it means they. Well, it just yeah. In terms of this sort of thing, it's 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 society pushing that as a good thing, and each other pushing it as a good thing. Because none of us get enough sleep and we have to justify it and think it's a good thing to continue living this way. Yeah, because we don't want to change it. So, yeah, we have to t- turn it <laughs> into like, a good thing. We love this. And, it's so great. This reflects my value. Yeah, exactly. No, this is actually a good thing. Um, and then in terms of, like, uh, what you were talking about, Jenna, um, yeah, this is really pointing to how supply chains are all fucked and that one youtube video i posted she talked a little bit about this how the model is great when everything is working optimally and walmart really perfected this and amazon perfected it even more it's no one wants inventory inventory just costs money 
we you want just enough inventory that you can sell all your shit and you use an algorithm to like figure out how much of that you're gonna need and then it's just like that's how you are gonna be extremely profitable but then in times like these where it just gets thrown out of whack like the supply chain just gets fucked and then you've got either people working in a craft plant in montreal 24 7 or you literally sometimes you literally can't get something because we outsource everything it like it, it's it's made in a completely different country and they've closed their borders and now we can't get it like canada's all right with that because we produce all a lot of our own food and stuff which is great but there's other countries that don't have that and then that's when you run into a lot of problems like for hospital gowns there was there was hospitals that couldn't get enough fucking uh shit to protect themselves because a lot of that stuff's manufactured in china so it's more it's more profitable to have everything produced elsewhere where they can produce it for way cheaper but then when something like this happens you're fucked yeah i've seen some just on a lighter note i've seen some wholesome stories about industries that have kind of shut down donating their supplies to hospitals such as i just saw one yesterday where tattoo shops are donating all their gloves and and things to hospitals it was like carpenters and stuff too were donating their like n95 masks and stuff Elon Musk is going to be making ventilators. <laughs> Great. Oh, thank God. Is it going to look like the Polygon Musk. car? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Elon Musk um, disparage this social isolation movement at the start, or am I making that up? I have no idea. I'm pretty but sure. I'm sure. Sorry, I haven't seen tabs on him. Ugh. What a guy, eh? What a fucking I'm just, man. I'm just <laughs> um, making wild claims about him that... <laughs> unsubstantiated but i think i remember him kind of kind of downplaying it at one point i saw start a rumor i saw this uh this post of this like couple who got married or whatever and then their well they didn't get married their reception was canceled because of the coronavirus so they donated all their meals to hospital staff and i was like ew (laughs) i don't want your weird wedding food you freaks (laughs) It's probably like a roasted eggplant with risotto. Like, no, I thank you. I came into my mom's room last night and she was like tearing up. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell this, whatever. But because she, um, she just heard CAA because she's a CAA member. They're doing like all free services to all healthcare workers. She was like tearing up over that, but it's kind of oh. nice. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. free there, roadside. There is some good in in humanity. Very yeah, little. Yeah, there's been but... a lot of people giving. Um, basically specifically to healthcare workers giving free services and donations which is cool Mm -hmm. because they are working hard and putting themselves in high risk big time big time very vulnerable big time I'm looking out my window right now and my Nana's on one of her, her walks. I'm just <laughs> gazing upon her. <laughs> she like roams. Is your seat. Nana like just <laughs> like leaving out of her door and going into the backyard and just walking in a circle in your backyard like they do at prisons? <laughs> she's just going to like pummel the earth and like an ellipse. <laughs> yeah. She's just She looks both ways dog. and runs very quickly into the horizon. <laughs> she's think dogs know what's happening. Uh, dogs mm. are probably pumped to be yeah honest. my dog is so pumped i'm just hanging out with her disturbance? all the time and she's like fuck yeah maybe dogs orchestrated this good call sonia oh yeah maybe it was the dogs apparently spacex stocks are up what the fuck is that about like you want to go into space because of a pandemic yeah man <laughs> populating mars well i guess when i say it out loud it makes sense but like not to <laughs> me like i do not want to go to space fuck that I do, but I wanted to be the that. final thing girl. that I do. Like, I just want to be, like, launched into the stars. 
I think that'd be a pretty cool way to go. <laughs> I went into a space like a space simulator once and it it was supposed to impact your body in the way that it would when you shoot up into space and you were the funniest person that could go into one of those i know and i'm telling you guys you won't want to go to space like you feel like you're being violated in like every way and the pressure guys like the pressure is so scary and i got out of there and cried i was with my stepdad rest in peace and like we honestly i i couldn't i was like i've never i have no fucking desire to see i know that about myself like i would yeah. not want to i don't even like being on a plane how could i go into space sorry i totally got us off track there but let's <laughs> well, like let's talk about the video we watched about corona capitalism then Brayden, these videos of your fucking man <laughs> <Brayden>. <laughs> Brayden, Brayden is sharing videos of her nana through her like gridded like window screen. We should post one on uh, the Instagram because it's quite anonymous. I literally can't see her face. I literally just want a oh t-shirt God, so with funny. the outline of Nana and the blob of Finn. Like I really want a t-shirt. That is just with that. art. They're not videos, they're just beautiful pictures. Honestly, I can see it happening though, you know? Like, I can just. They really capture the current, like, global crisis though. Because there's, like, the beauty of it, but there's also, like, the darkness. Oh my god. They're so artistic. I love them so much. Sorry, so, Sonia, you were saying we should talk about the video we all tuned into yesterday? Yeah. That goddamn video. I could not pay attention so, to it, like, at all. Everyone was saying such funny shit in the chat <laughs> beside it. I got so distracted, and I was like, I don't even know what you're <laughs> fucking talking about, guys. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they were talking about American stuff, and I was like, oh, I actually want to know, like, what specifically is going on with that, because I, I, I don't know, and um, I spent a really long time trying to figure that out. Just so yes. uh, to explain what the video was, um, so it's an online teach-in um, with Naomi Klein, Astra Taylor, and Kinga... Yamada Taylor. Sorry <laughs> if I butchered that. <laughs> and amuse- and uh, let let us not forget a final performance oh, <laughs> by Leah Rose. Did the I say that important. woman's name really badly? I'm sorry. Um, anyways, so they were talking about how to beat Corona capitalism, and it was hosted on YouTube, I think, through Zoom or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to look into everyone's rooms and like judged the rooms they were in. Yeah. Let's talk about Naomi's first. Let's not talk about what they talked about. Let's talk about their <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a guitar and then like her son came out and we think his name is Toma. But uh I thought that that was staged, which is fine. But yeah. I was just it was well, also- at one point was that her husband like literally brought him out and placed him yeah. on her. I was like, Why would you do he that? He placed the dog <laughs> on her. And it was funny too, because when it's- Toma first came out, I guess their dog's name is Smoke. And she was just like talking to her son as she left, being like, "Go get, do- go get smoke," or like said something like that. I was like, "Did her son just come in? First of all, is his name Toma, and second of all, did she just tell him to stop smoking? Like, what's going on in Naomi Klein's <laughs> yeah, that life?" Could, that could lead to some misunderstandings, some wacky misunderstandings. So yeah, Ainsley pointed out the guitar immediately. It was clearly placed because it was like right in the foreground beside her. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, I was mainly getting the most entertainment from all the youtube commenters and w- at one point someone said naomi play wonderwall <laughs> love that yeah love there were some um, great comments so we can talk about their rooms and then we can talk a little bit about what they talked about so she talked about 
so her whole thesis with the shock doctrine was that there's this phenomenon called disaster capitalism where um rich people and powerful organizations exploit disasters everyone's like distracted and scrambling and then that's when they impose a bunch of austerity measures and free market solutions so they talked about hurricane katrina being an example of that but in her book she talks about chile uh the dictatorship that was there that was funded by the united states at the time um poland post-communism and like a bunch of others um china as well so she's saying i guess she's worried that that's what's going to happen here we're all like distracted by corona and we have an opportunity here but they might take advantage of this to push austerity measures Mm -hmm. yeah and um after she talked about how they're like weaponizing states of emergency a lot i guess all three of the speakers they um discuss their different takes on it which we'll, i guess we'll get to but then all three of them were kind of just like this is an opportunity to refuse this future that they're trying to impose on us and they're really focused well naomi naomi specifically was focused on how currently all of our lives are being more consumed by computer screens screens and mediated through like these mineable social media networks and yeah. that we need to be aware of that in order to properly organize. I thought that was a good point too, because we have to do social distancing and we all agree, but then how do we stay connected? How do we like, how do we collectively fight for these things if we can't even like see each other, right? And um, there's this theory that social media is a pressure valve, which I totally agree with. The problem with social media is that it seems like it leads to action, but it doesn't because everyone just kind of like blows off steam and like writes shit and it doesn't actually lead to actual change you need to feel that like je ne sais quoi connection with other people like the true solidarity and connection um that just isn't ultimately possible over social media um but but astra taylor the second speaker um so she had the worst quality video and uh, the darkest room (laughs) it looked like she was in a hotel but the the curtains looked like the only thing that wasn't a hotel and there were no sheets on her bed it was laundry day or something (laughs) yeah that's right um but despite having the worst quality video i think i liked her talk the most um she she talked about some specific things uh in terms of debt relief and then she did have a little bit more of an optimistic view about the social media stuff because she has uh, a website um the the alone or whatever do you guys remember that? Chenna, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shout out. Uh, alone. That's another way that you can look at the word alone. Not all one, but also alone as in. You should L-O-A-N. get another tattoo on, the, on your other arm that just says. A-L-O-A-N. Yeah, we are not alone. with a cross through it. Uh, this word is just haunting me as it should so she talked about how like there it's being the stuff is being framed as a stimulus package which makes it sound kind of frivolous like oh we just need to boost the economy but it's not a stimulus package she's like people need this to live like people need this to survive right now and i thought that was a good point too um i don't know how i feel about student debt abolition um i think that the whole thing needs to be completely changed i'm not sure how much that has to do directly or i don't know if that should be the top priority in terms of um addressing this issue but it's an interesting it's good at least that it's maybe being entertained yeah she was she was calling it that when we all um share common forms of exploitation um that we need to come together and the term that she was using um specifically when talking about the student debt stuff was economic disobedience 
Yes. I wonder if that what she was talking about the student loans in America. Um, I have. They, do they have a different system? Because I know our student loans in Canada are fairly low interest. Mm-hmm. Um, at, oh, sorry, in Ontario, I guess, and you don't have to pay them until after you have a well-paying job. Is that correct? No, or a it's job after a year out of after graduating or if you drop but out. But you can just keep deferring it. Like I have been a year after school and I just say how much money I make and they just postpone it. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh. There's better measures in Canada for sure. In America, it's fucked, especially because their tuition is much higher. So they definitely have to work something like that out. Um, I don't know what. Um, yeah, I just don't know if, if student debt cancellation is the answer because I just feel bad because like there's so many poor people who, I don't know, I just worry that it shifts like uh, it prioritizes people who did go to university, which in America does tend to be people who make more money. But I mean, I it's, it's so complicated. Say, well, educated people would be prioritized. Would be benefiting the most, right? And it's like, if, anyway, that's, I guess, a topic for a different day. But that's just one thing that I was kind of like, um, you know, okay. Um, but I think she also was using that as an example because of other countries who have specifically tried to eradicate student debt. So maybe that was just a way of her kind of making it more understandable yeah because yeah no definitely and i did appreciate other countries yeah no that's that's very true and, and i agree with that and again that is why i liked her talk the most because she did talk about these real things and like that gives you kind of like a model to follow at least um and so yeah i just uh, i thought that that was that was useful my favorite was kinga um mostly probably because I was having trouble focusing as well and she was clearly the most impassioned person (laughs) um just in terms of her speech but hers 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 talk more directly related to race I would sum it up at like race and um economic inequality with regards to um coronavirus or crisis in general Yeah, so she talked about, um, like, racism in America and how people are wealthy. Capitalists take advantage of those inequalities and and make them worse. So she gave the example of people are wealthy because they can pay their workers a low wage, um, because they don't have to pay them for sick days, uh, because they can do foreclosures and stuff like that, so... Yeah, and, yeah. And, and basically outlining how America has the most billionaires, but also has such bad poverty, and one can't exist without the other. Um, and uh, one point that she brought up, which m- maybe isn't super groundbreaking, but I think is really important, was basically that this isn't creating necessarily a crisis in poverty, it's just revealing an already existing one. And I think that's a good point, and probably one of, I hope one of the one of the great positives that could come out of this pandemic is that I think a lot more people are paying attention because they have to and unfortunately it took us this for that to happen um but I thought that was a good point and a really important one yeah and going off that too when she said that this is a disaster within a disaster and that this is like an unbroken cycle where um, in moments of these profound crises, we see like these economic and social divisions. And but this is all from us trying, or sorry, like the Americans trying to um, get out of the last economic crisis. And like no one has fully recovered from that because nothing has changed systemically. Um, yeah, and that like, and yeah. I, I liked when she was talking about how like. Um, vulnerabilities are not equally distributed and 
in these moments too it clearly outlines whose life is valued and whose isn't yeah yeah and it's all and the the only thing that um makes me nervous is when i hear um people injecting too much identity politics into like uh talks of solutions for these issues like it's it's unavoidable to an extent and i'm not anti-identity politics by any means i just worry when we have these opportunities for collective action and the clear predominant axis of oppression that matters here is class um i I worry when there's too much of like well women have it worse well like this ethnic group has it worse it's like you can make an argument for everyone has it worse who's poor and like that that's that and wealth is a protective factor here and that's such a great uniting principle i think Uh um and just how do we do that without sort of um papering over uh the differences that do exist and the, the differences in vulnerability that do exist among different demographic populations but without like going back to the divisiveness of identity politics which is partly what i do think is why we never have sustaining change because it always leads to division Mm -hmm. and it always leads to these different fractions of movements trying to get more for themselves um and and it's just again that competitive aspect of capitalism where it's like this zero-sum game and like we all want to protect our own before we help each other but like everyone should hopefully be in this together which is easier said than done given like the history of oppression and in, in North America and all, all over but like it, it does make me a little nervous when it goes a little bit too off in that direction I think for the yeah I get what you're saying I think for the most part it was um I guess not so much um for uh Kinga when she was talking about these different things like the overlapping issues of race class etc cetera, etc cetera. but I think in general the points to be taken away were that capitalism is about alienating and individualizing us and all of them are like we need to think about the common ground here shared between all of us which is you said wealth or lack of wealth Um, i know um and yeah and that we that we have to take collectivist action if they they were pretty radical too in terms of their views on uh not paying mortgages not paying debt but it only works if everyone doesn't do it or everyone petitions against yes it. which isn't very um, realistic think, <laughs> yeah i mean it might be almost a reality if people can't pay their debt mm-hmm. um and then they're gonna have to do something i think canada today just lowered their their interest rate yeah certain banks or are. that was it today <laughs> or yesterday um which is another thing because and they mentioned this that credit cards are good are preying on poverty and this is a really vulnerable situation for people that are going to start paying in, on credit and the interest rates are robbery in a lot of cases and that there's something needs to be done about that i would i would argue that that's a pretty um pretty important one and one that needs to be dealt with very quickly because credit card debt mm-hmm. and or credit debt in general will really really fuck people up really quickly yeah and this is a time when people are laid off, myself included. I am using my credit card for everything. I have some savings, but I mean, without that, I don't know, you're digging yourself a pretty deep hole. So if they can kind of reduce or eliminate interest rate right now, I think that could be a pretty significant way to help people. Um. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on the topic of sort of that related uh i read in the paper that the canadian deficit with the stimulus package is gonna smash the 100 billion dollar barrier 
so I'm wondering, you know, in terms of like collectively making these changes, like I'm all for it and I and I was before. Are people, do you think, are people going to be willing to make the sacrifice of, for example, higher taxes to be able to pay for this stuff? Like, like that's another problem with the collectivity thing is that like everyone in theory wants all this stuff, but how do we pay for it? Uh, we can, like, we can put it into place, but it's really politically unpalatable. Like, no politician wants to raise taxes ever. And it's like, how, so how how do we move forward? How do we kind of shift the culture to make it so that, or or, and, or do we want to when you put it that way? Because there's lots of people who I've asked, I've been like, so would you be willing to, like, pay more taxes? And they don't always agree. So how do we kind of, how would we make people willing to make the sacrifice? I do wonder if this is one situation where it is a little more palatable. Um, of course, there's going to be a lot of resistance to paying more taxes, but there's such direct evidence of where it's going right now um, that they can draw from. I, I would hope people would be more reasonable, but obviously they won't be. But this is a very, very easy way to show people why we need to pay more taxes in, after a situation like this. Yeah, because we all benefit, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just something I was in wondering about. It's in a lot of circumstances. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe this is the. <clears throat> um, another some other like interesting implications. Um, this is from the other video I posted from that political uh theory theory professor lady who I'm kind of in love with her. Um, but she, some of the interesting things she's talked about was, first of all, that globalization um, has not made us more secure the way we thought. And we see this, obviously, through the coronavirus. Um, so what do we do there, right? Because we've been, people, countries are having to close their borders. Um, and again, the supply chain issue. <coughs> um, and then there's, because of globalization, there now exists a global underclass. Um, mostly it exists like in the developing world, but it, it does exist everywhere. And they're politically unstable and they're becoming more and more unsettled um, and they're becoming more populist. So a lot of the times that turns into right-wing populism, um, sometimes left-wing populism, um, sometimes conspiracy thinking. And we've been seeing this like in, in politics. And I think that that's the problem is that there is a lot of anger that can be uh used in a productive way but it's being funneled towards i guess not the actors who we would think like you look in the united states like it resulted in a trump victory right um so so that's why again i i i worry about like too much relying on the old identity politics that doesn't result in positive change because it doesn't tap into that solidarity um, another thing she thought of that I thought was interesting, um, and you guys can tell me what you think about this, this is my last point about her, um, was that liberal thought, um, so not, not like progressive, like literally liberal, like kind of individualistic, um, enlightenment style, like thinking and rationalist thinking have eroded, uh, what she calls as our traditional sources of strength. So because we have um so it's eroded the family it's eroded neighborhood and community it's eroded religion it's eroded handiness and problem solving because we overly we over rely on like specialized knowledge and we don't know how to do anything for ourselves anymore we don't know how to problem solve uh, and that's also what erodes civic organization and citizenship and politics and that ability to like collectivize and fight yes. for rights together um so i just thought that was interesting because like I think that again the call is coming from inside the house like 
liberal thought was supposed to propel us into this beautiful future where we are all one all, all over the globe and um uh like trade is totally liberalized but it undermines the things that help keep us safe and a lot of those things are considered traditional and maybe more associated with conservative thought but they shouldn't be right it's it's family it's community and i think that's another reason we can't ever get anything done because conservatives claim to care about that but every fucking policy they have completely undermines those things and then liberals don't fucking care about that shit at all so it's just mm -hmm. like these are these are the how we can the things that would allow us to collectively organize are, are dead because of um neoliberalism yeah the world's fucked. Yes. Yes. Burn it. I, I agree. I agree um, as well. Can we just press like the restart <laughs> button? Go back to like Cro-Magnon Man or whatever. Yeah, let's. <laughs> well said, Sonia. I, I agree. Well, it's it's her. It's her. It was her theory. Um, yeah. And she she talked about how like the the way the current economy is structured. I thought this was a really interesting point. It heightens the emotional factor. So because the motor of our economy is not real needs, you know, we don't just buy what we need. Um, it, it fluctuates according to sentiments. The, the fucking stock market is based on how well everyone's fucking feeling about it that day. Yeah. You know, how much are people, how good are people feeling about Uber? Okay, then the price is going to go up and they're going to do really great. It's kind of insane when you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, so once you add the coronavirus pandemic to such a fragile economy, then it produces really amplified consequences up and down. Um, so, like, I saw someone online call coronavirus the equivalent of a sparrow's fart that <laughs> shut down the world. And that's exactly it, is that we have an economy that's totally disconnected from material circumstances. It's yeah, all based on emotion. Like, capital isn't material money. It's the thought of how to get more money. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah, just it's, a it, tangible thing. It's this... It's a lot of speculation. Yeah. It's a lot of how do people feel... And then so if you have something like this that just kind of like, oh, we all got to kind of shut down for a couple of weeks. It's like, bruh, like disaster. Like people are fucking stocking up on shit. And like it's it, it, it's like insane. And it's because of this economic system. Yeah. And this goes back to uh, what you were saying, too, about the neoliberal mindset and how um, we can't like we are not all like coming together and it's like hindering our ability to actually properly organized kinga said something along the lines of like success or failure are like we're, we're told that those are individual behaviors so those are like outcomes specifically due to our like individual choices or thoughts or like actions when really it's the entire system that we're built around yeah like you you see it like one little thing happens over there and now like the whole world is fucked like we all everything that happens to us is connected to other stuff that's happening which is connected to other stuff and it's like yeah it, when they were talking about um the facebook having your like information or whatever and like they build a consumer profile on you have you guys ever looked up what your consumer profile is on facebook no i don't have facebook no no I don't have Facebook. Oh, yeah, fuck. I forgot. Shit. I remember looking at mine. It was very funny. And Sean looked at his, and one of his things was voodoo magic. I remember those. I remember I did mine. Like, that was one of the last things I did before I deleted my Facebook. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I can't remember what was on it, but it, there was something about albinos. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, like some weird like, stuff. So I'm like, your algorithm is drunk. Oh, real quick, while we're talking about um, technology and Facebook and data mining and stuff, 
um, that article about Trudeau saying it's not off the table to uh, track people via their yeah. cell phones um, to ensure that they are socially isolating. How do you guys feel about that and like the ethics surrounding it? I'm all for it? it. You're all for it? Like, you should be fucking social isolating. If they looked at your phone, all that they would see is it being in your house. If you're not, then you're a fucking asshole and you deserve to be tracked. Like, I really What do don't you think care. they should do, though? Do you think they should just, like, ping and be like, you are disobeying <laughs> me? me? Or me. do you think they should, like, shock you? Or, like, what do you it's think? like, like how they shock you through your being phone? Being like, hello. <laughs> I think that... No, when they that... know that you're coming out of your, like, house radius, it's just, like, Trudeau playing on your phone being, like... This is dangerous and disappointing. Uh, Daddy Trudeau. <laughs> um, I yeah. disagree with that, I think, so far. Um, I think there's other ways to do it that are a little more less invasive, um, such as maybe having patrols or something. I know other countries were doing drones, I think. But having access to your phone is a really slippery slope, I think, particularly with all the sensitive information on your phone. Um, and I don't know how well they can guarantee that that won't leave you more vulnerable to being hacked or anything like that. Um, but I just don't even know how they would like go about it. Like, would they just use your GPS locations like through the phone companies? And then also it's like, how would they determine what the boundaries of your home are or your backyard or whatever? Like that's so much information that would and planning and logistics that would have to go into that. Like, it's not like Trudeau just has this like magical button. He can press and he's like, I know where all Canadians are. Yeah, that's what I mean that I think there's a lot of technological barriers there. And if there aren't, I don't know how secure those barriers are um also i don't understand you could just leave your phone at home yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't even think of that really i didn't even think about that people to be addicted to their phones which is probably true i mean it probably work yeah. on some people pretty true if they could guarantee that it would only be used for like this but then again like I, I'm, I'm okay safety, with it in theory yeah. but like what are they again what are they gonna do if it's just gonna beep and be like you're doing a bad thing like is it worth the risk it's like the emergency alert just annoying you every five minutes <laughs> yeah. until you go inside and you're like fine fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's why um, i would think that some sort of patrol system would work better just I guess, but then you would have to hire like nine million patrol people, and there's or do the drone thing. Too. I like the drone idea. I mean, the undertaking scares me a lot less than the potential consequences of losing our rights to privacy. Mm-hmm. And it would probably lapse when this is like over, too, right? Like, it's not like they would have access. Maybe it to the wouldn't. Rest of the time. Yeah, that's the issue, though. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> what if even it with the phone thing or the drone thing, they're like, "Hey, now everyone's a little more comfortable with this," and then that's how that's how they create a society where you are comfortable with things like that. You get used to them. And they're like, Big "Yeah, brother. the government just tracks our phones. That's the way it's been since 2020 because of yeah. Corona." And then people have this fear and they have this great tool to be to be like, oh, what if something like that happens again? We should keep things like this in place. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it. <laughs> dystopia. 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 True Daddy is the only one True left. Daddy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't wait to present that and see how you felt and you took it you took it like a champ. I, like <laughs> I feel good about it. I'm smiling really well. <laughs> I'm I, he's really working for me lately. <laughs> it's 
gonna I'm gonna be start weird. trying yeah, to you yeah I'm gonna try to start that in. hashtag through our Twitter account. We'll, let's we'll wait. See did if it you works. make Speaking that up? We have a Twitter account. Yeah. You no Chinese? one follows us. <laughs> <laughs> but this could um, be our time to shine. This could be the one. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna like get everyone to fucking promote the hashtag. Um. So speaking of Twitter, two of the top trending tweets this week: double double time. Mmm. Coffee. Hashtag Earth Hour 2020. Oh, fuck. Yeah. When? <laughs> I just almost said, who cares? <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? Oh, that's what everything The world's already like. doing its part by shutting down everything. Yeah, anyway, I feel like so. we... Yeah. We're already doing it? Yeah. When is it, though? Is it tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow. Oh, it is tomorrow. Okay. I remember us having an Earth Day party in your basement, Sonia, in which we just got drunk in the dark. That. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we felt really good about ourselves. Yeah, we were really <laughs> socially conscious. I remember yeah. taking like flash photography too, and I just had like a bunch of weird pictures of like people in the dark and like people in the dark background, like looking sketchy. It was really weird. We need to do a special our, Earth Hour post. Like every event, such as Earth Hour, and those small events were just an excuse to party. Or yeah, I mean, well, it was kind of like a themed party. Uh, yeah i would still go drink with people in the dark in a basement at this point so yeah i mean that sounds fun it's just it's just funny i just remember all those things sigh ah. fuck are you guys getting that emergency alert yeah. did you just get oh my that? god yes you are at high risk of spreading oh covid19 oh you are required god. by law to oh self-isolate for 14 days do not visit stores, family, or friends. Oh no, mine's reading it. Oh my god. You are required by law to self-isolate for 14 days. Do not visit stores. Okay. Ah! Stop! Oh my god. That scared the shit out of me. That was really good timing. That was yeah. good timing. So I guess, I I guess I'm for that. That's cool. Like the shame. Ding dong, ding dong. Hashtag oh. ruin spring break in four words. Jesus. I got in coronavirus. <laughs> That's three. No, coronavirus is two words. It's one. It's one is virus. It? I got. Yeah, coronavirus the is the coronavirus. name of the virus. <laughs> My pants are missing. No, I'm not good mm. at these things. I got too drunk. Along the same line as Brayden, you could just say, I got an STI. That's good. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, it counts. Four Who words. Got I keep me thinking pregnant. it's four syllables. That's also very good. I guess everyone's I spring break was ruined. Off. <laughs> 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 they just I get progressively more rudimentary. <laughs> me dark. sick so with coronavirus. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of things have been ruined, including my birthday. Sonya's turning yeah, 25 tomorrow, birthday. everyone. 22, actually. Oh, right, right. Oh my god, mm. I'm glad you reminded me. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just so the listeners know, I'm joking. I'm, I'm playing a, a character where I'm one of those women who lies about her age for no reason and is all, like, sassy about it. Sonya's turning 30! I'm turning 30, three decades. Oh... <sighs> wrap her up with the absolute unit oh yes give us the absolute unit 
Um, okay, so the absolute unit of the week is a man who bought a storage locker, was going through it, and found an old headless Juno that once belonged to Swollen Members, and it was the award for Best Rap Recording in 2001, <laughs> and he's trying to now sell it on Craigslist. I want for it how so much? bad. I think he yeah, had how it much for like it? a thousand or something like crazy like that. Damn, like, that's too much. Come on. <laughs> 50 bucks. What was, yeah. their, what was their song? What did they even sing? Yeah. Uh, I, I can remember the music videos, but I cannot remember the songs. Were they the yeah, ones that saying, take a look at my girlfriend? No. No. no that was a, no, that was Gym Class Heroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ripping off Zeppelin. Swollen members were good. I danced to it in grade six in my drama class. Oh, I'd love to see that. Oh, no, too. they were good. But I did watch an old video of theirs to remind myself, Lady Venom, and it's so like corny yes, by Lady 2020 Venom is standards. A video that I but remember. like back then, I was like, oh yeah, this would have been so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to watch it. But like, I was reading a little bit about them. They're interesting rap group from Vancouver. Brayden and I saw Swollen Members live oh, along God, with Gob when they you opened did? for they opened for that. Avril Lavigne, man. Oh my God, <laughs> it was, was amazing. First, me and my mom went. It's it my first concert. I think that was grade six. I guess that's why I did the that's dance. That's so cute. That's such a strong I also, Canadian duo. I also remember that when we went to that concert, um, people were wearing masks in Toronto because it was when SARS was happening. So oh my full God, circle. It's all connected. It's all one members. Me and got matching <laughs> Avril toques. Oh, man. Where are those toques? Shout I wish they were so high, man. You're listening. Yeah, I love that bitch. Chad- oh no, she's not with Chad Kruger anymore, is she? No, no she's moved on. That makes on. me sad. I was happy about them. That was, was like too much for me. Weird. I was like, I'm not alive. <laughs> I died, and like I'm in a dream world. Like, so they needed to break up. <laughs> Just okay. to restore our sanity. Just, yeah. Our place in also, reality. The funny thing about the Swollen Members thing is that, like, I guess they got their first award, I think, in 2000, and then that award that's for sales, 2001, and they have, like, 50 fucking Juno Awards, so no wonder they gave them away, and that's the problem with the Juno Awards. There's, like, five Canadian bands, and they just give them each, like, 400 Junos. Yeah. What year true. was this Juno it's Award? It's a bad system. 2001. Uh, best rap recording for Balance. Don't know what that is. <laughs> but that's what it was for if you're curious Thank all right you. so for the next episode we're gonna discuss tiger king so everyone watch that documentary and you're not gonna it's gonna be a not bonus gonna episode right the quarantine app yes it will not bonus interfere with your regular scheduled corona podcast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're basically just a corona podcast now but i think everything is <laughs> Everything in the world. No, I know. Is now it's corona it's a good theme. thing. We can't just pretend like. I know. Because yeah. it's the same with Earth Hour. It's like who cares? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs> Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>